what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 79th and probably final edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are talking about uh, the dearly departed, the the once and never again American League East champion Toronto Blue Jays, uh, who, despite the season obviously being over, uh, they insist on playing more games. They're playing right now, as we speak. Uh, my again, my name is Drew Fairservice, and we. Uh, being, being, uh, as always, old, uh, reliable. Old reliable. Yeah, I kind of we kind of butchered that. But uh, Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Stoughton <laughs> in beautiful downtown Montreal, indeed, enjoying some nice November weather. Probably it's lovely here. I'll have it's you. Probably know. quite. It's probably quite civilized there. It's uh, delightful. Yeah, cannot complain. Not really. Da- it's a wonderful. Not place. downtown, but uh, certainly not suburban. No, well, it's it's a city. There, it contains multitudes. Yeah. I'm in Mile End. It's lovely. Have you been? Have you been on the uh, the thing that passes for a subway? I have system not. That they run, got run around out there. I kind of like to walk. It has tires. It does it have? Has... Yeah, it's like a bus on the ground. No, I, I I like to walk. Like you get the feel of the city a little better. Maybe it takes a little more time. But mm-hmm. uh, are we doing parting shots yet? No. Uh, fuck cars. We can do that. We can. That's always that's always in play, always in play. Uh, that's probably been one of the more more <laughs> cars uh, we always are going on about them, and and I agree. You don't need them, not in this not in this day and age. No, they're garbage. Anyway, speaking of garbage, <laughs> oh, we we're talking about these blue jays yeah. who are on the west coast, where, where they belong. This is not my first time <laughs> on the west coast playing against the uh, the angels. Hoping to avoid getting single-handedly beat by Mike Trout, and uh, with an assist from the uh, very slow, de- slowly decomposing corpse of uh, Albert Pujols. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if they can avoid getting beat by Trout, that's always nice. That's what they did not uh, avoid the, rest the last of them are time. Generally yeah. bad. They certainly did not avoid that last time. One of my favorite parts about last time was there are obviously people who follow us and interact with you and I on the web and they don't really watch other teams and that's 100 percent understandable who's got time to watch more than one baseball team but they a guy came to me and was like man you talk this trout guy up a lot he doesn't really <laughs> show me too much in the games against the jays really? and i was like yeah it's well it's kind of true uh because i used to I, I always try to go when the angels come and sure, he yeah, never really yeah. played that well and i was always kind of disappointed and then this year when i didn't go uh, he destroyed them. He just like took them apart, yeah, <laughs> like piece by piece. Uh, and then I, I kind of replied to that guy like, "Hey, hey, you watching this or what?" And uh, I haven't <laughs> heard back. I, I don't know that he's uh, he may not even follow me anymore, but we'll find out. Uh, Trout yeah, here at the time of recording, Trout walked in his first plate appearance after uh, falling down 0-2. Now he's probably going to do the same thing again in this his second uh, plate appearance. But uh, I don't know anything else. What are we gonna? Say? What else we gotta say? Oh, we gotta do the do the housekeeping. Oh yeah, of course we gotta do the despite housekeeping. The, the, despite the fact that the team is is uh, is done and they don't need, really deserve to play anymore, uh, we like <laughs> to ask people uh, for money to let us keep doing this and making this podcast. Birds all day is powered by Patreon, uh, and we are very thankful. For everyone who has taken the time and and opened their wallets and, and helped us out and, and kicked us a couple bucks a month, which you can do if you don't already and you feel compelled to uh, support uh, the show and keep 
the uh, support the content and the and the things that you value, uh, keep them going. You can do so at Patreon.com/slash/BirdsAllDay. Uh, just a couple bucks for as little as one dollar, uh, one U.S. dollar a month. Should we, you can should uh, we, <laughs> you can make us feel nice. Should we have mm-hmm. a Sarah McLaughlin song playing in the background? Is this 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 is more like a like the. <laughs> Like a PBS fudge track. Okay, that I have yeah, a, like a yeah that would be good too. We can give away tote bags. On. Tote bags, uh, the, the old the old SI, you get a phone. Like oh, a very nice. Phone. Yeah, yeah. Some but anyway. Mugs. Birds all day branded mugs. Mu- uh, we should definitely do mugs I, with our faces on them. I think that's a wonderful that, idea. But We need more swag. That stuff would move. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We move we can never right have enough. to the trash. Uh <laughs> But yeah, patreon.com slash birds all day. If you feel so compelled, we are appreciative. We're thankful for everyone who's been doing it since day one. Uh, and we're always looking for ways to, um, well, like you might probably noticed, we have slowly joined the 21st century and have improved the sound quality of the show uh, by leaps and bounds. I think so, yeah. Uh, from, I, th- I think it's better. and it, I mean, we're, we're doing it remotely, but well, I'm sure, given the opportunity, we'll continue this uh, dedication to quality as well as quantity, which is kind of all we've, all we've ever promised. It's like, eh, we'll just keep doing them. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and, but we do do them every week. And we've also added the Sunday uh, mini episodes here during the stretch drive. So Sunday nights, uh, we Stoughton and I are alternating hosting a show. Where we're just kind of talking about the weekend series and say what's up and look ahead and uh, vent our spleen or <laughs> uh, whine and cry. Whatever the case may be. So, yeah, we only got about. That's uh, what's going on. There's only like two two more of those basically left to go anyway, since uh, the season will be done after that. Uh, listen, <laughs> think of the children. Sorry, children. And we'll do them. We'll do things like that during the uh, during the winter meetings and uh, and any other time that there yeah, is. Let's not promise too know, much. Breaking or pressing this <laughs> under promise over deliver. I think that's we've, right. Yeah. We've definitely done the under promise. Maybe we're on our way. We're building to the over deliver. Yeah. Speaking of deliver, if you want to get those mini episodes, you got to subscribe on iTunes or or on Stitcher or on SoundCloud on the RSS, where we make all that stuff available. As soon as it as soon as it's out, as soon as it's recorded and in the can, you can get it via those means. So we encourage you to do that. And when you're there, maybe you want to drop a rating on us or drop a review. All everything everything helps. Uh, speaking of everything helping, Jose Bautista just made a fine fine catch, and then Josh Donaldson has an extra base hit. That's nice. Yeah, this is this is delightful. Yeah. Hit. So it's everything's coming up, Blue Jays, right now. And Jose we're going to talk about I, that. We're going to okay. I'll, I'll hmm? let you do your spiel. But I was just going to say the Batista catch reminded me that uh, man, I don't like watching Michael Saunders play defense a lot of the time <laughs> because I was like, oh, thank God that was Batista out there and not uh, and not Saunders, who would have clanged off the wall and had the ball, you know, spill into the crowd. I don't think that we gave him the nickname Bone on Bone just to be cute. <laughs> um, I, that's actually on the list. We'll get to that one. Michael Saunders is on the list for today, for this show. This, the 79th, 78th edition of Birds All Day, which is going to come uh, more of after this. How's that? How's that for an exit? <laughs> Something like that. All right, so despite the fact that the Blue Jays, as we speak, are rallying 
putting themselves in a threatening position to maybe perhaps somehow conspire to score a run. It doesn't seem possible, really. Uh, this, they're done. Yeah, they are done, yeah. It doesn't seem like them. Obviously, they're done. Uh, the, the, big, the big concern this week was, of course, Josh Donaldson's hip, which we uh, were, have been instructed uh, that he injured it before. And then it has been bothering him, and then it just got to the point where he couldn't play. Uh, could not move laterally, I believe was the word. that uh, Front to back is all good, laterally is, is, is the issue. So he is the DH here on Thursday in Anaheim against Mike Trout and the Angels. Uh, that's not good. No. No, it's that's not. not good at all. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it's irrelevant I mean, you, because we they're done, him. but were they not done, this would be quite a blow. <laughs> It's better than nothing. You see, a, I mean, it's nice to have his bat I think in the a, lineup. It's nice to have his bat, especially when it is his actual bat, not the, the yes. ghost of his bat, which is what it was, uh, which I think is a nice reminder of how much the baseball swing, despite being so visually hands and arms, it's a, it's a whole body thing. And if you've got a bad hamstring or a bad hip or a bad anything... Your swing falls apart. It just—that's all it takes. Uh, Josh Donaldson, in particular, has a, that big leg, the, the big leg kick. So much weight, all of his weight is is on the one leg, and, and then the la- the plant leg as well. It's being hurt is bad, and it makes you a bad player very, very it, often. It's, it's almost like those hockey fans who think baseball players, you know, sit out for a hangnail uh, are idiots. I would say that they are. Yeah. I think that's a, that is a fair uh, generalization to make, uh, sweeping as it might be. Uh, you you did you know kind of drill down to the right kind of idiot, but uh, it's it's a it's a tough job, especially now. You know, Josh Donaldson is a ne- guy who never wants to take a day off. Probably at, you know what did he play 160 games last year? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to quite get there this year, but you know, not far off 155 games again. Uh, it's it's a long. They're at the end here of a long long season. Uh, and they're still, of course, trying to hold it all together in the attempt to play uh, those extra games. The uh, what that uh, Jamie Newberg of the the Rangers blogger guy calls one sixty two plus. That's the that's the goal one sixty two plus, not mm-hmm. just playing these games. Oh, look at that! Jose Bautista went the other way. So yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And Evan Canessio went first to third. What a monster. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. We're just, we're just going to do like kind of half-ass play-by-play here on this. Yeah. <laughs> he ran a Cole Calhoun, yeah, which I, is not not advisable. <laughs> but Edwin, uh, Edwin seems more uh, not not to use the the weird term that you're not supposed to. He seems athletic this year more than I really ever thought of him before. You know, he's out there picking balls at first base, and uh, he's first to third here big slide and he didn't you know i didn't fear for his life when i saw him lying on the ground at third base there it's uh i think edwin like would like to get paid some money uh, i i, I definitely fear some money i think so too i fear for Jose, uh for troy tulowitzki anytime he's doing anything that's not normal i'm like oh my god he's gonna get hurt when the when they had that brouhaha with the steven souza at the end of the game the other night it was amazing. i was like oh my yeah. god just don't get hurt just don't get hurt oh don't get hurt for the love of god <laughs> Uh, you you made a good. Did, I think we did. We talk about this before. Yeah, I know you made. I saw you tweet about it. You were laughing to yourself, thinking about how much faster Edwin Encarnacion it would be than you, for example. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, 
he's a big dude and he has a big dude vibe about him. He's kind of got a bit of a barrel chest and so he doesn't really come across as a real speed demon. Uh, but he is a professional athlete, which is to say that he is so much faster than anyone who could, any of us can actually comprehend. Uh, I think somebody was talking about the, the passage in uh, The Only Rule It Is it, ha- is it Has to Work, the Sam Miller and Ben Lindbergh's book, mm-hmm. about just about the sheer speed, like how fast everybody in the big leagues is, where the fastest player on that semi-pro team, or not semi-pro, but it's semi-pro, right? That's fair Whatever. to say, the yes. Sonoma yeah, Stompers. That's fair, yeah, something like that. Basically, the fastest guy on their team would be had like league average speed. So he is like an average runner in the big in the big league. So even if Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion is a below average runner, he's still so much faster than you know an, a, a guy who's so close to that level of athleticism and so much faster than a normal scumbag person who, despite his great love of walking, probably didn't get around <laughs> quite as big as a guy who gets paid to be athletic. And paid yeah, be I, I feel I feel Edwin would crush me in a race. Yeah, I think that's any uh, of them. Literally any. I think that's Navarro. Maybe maybe I could give Navarro a run for his money. I think that's a Rob Nyer thing. Rob Nyer has has said a few times he's convinced that he could beat David Ortiz in a race, and I don't know if I buy it. David Ortiz might be you know on the far extreme end as he's probably the slowest guy in the big leagues or Mm -hmm. one of them. I still think he would do just fine against a regular human being, or or even or or at that a sports writer. Well, yeah, or even Rob Nyer. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with that thought. Sure, why not? Uh, I mean, Ortiz does look at the, you know this year like he's just he's walking around on on broken glass out there a little bit. He's uh, you know the Achilles, the all the all the aches and pains that are that are what is mm-hmm. you know forcing him into retirement despite the fact that he can still hit the damn ball. Uh, he had another home run tonight. He is yeah, an actual yeah. freak. He has the high big highest OPS in the league. He's clanging uh, which is hard to believe. balls off that stupid wall, for one. I, I think you can try. You could try as hard as you want to take this year away from David Ortiz, and I think <laughs> you're going to fail. <laughs> it's, he's, he's been, been like legitimately good. amazing. Legitimately yeah. amazing. They're a terrifying, uh, terrifying bunch. Uh, especially yeah, for a team sucks. that is dead and dead in the water. Uh, speaking of athletes doing things like playing with hangnails, uh, Marco Estrada's been pitching with a herniated disc in his back. Was there a report mm-hmm. today? Yeah, how's that work? Well, John, like, how Gibbons, does that even work? Uh, well, I don't know, but Gibbons was <laughs> Gibbons said you know he's been dealing with it since the spring, uh, which I didn't hear him say it. I just saw you know somebody quoted him in a tweet, but it it really to me felt like he was taking a giant dump on John Morosi for bringing that up because I, I mean Morosi was was alarmist about Estrada's back at the All Star break. Always what? taking a cortisone shot. Uh, yeah. John, the John Morosi. He went to Harvard, you know. Doctor John Morosi. I, I hard to believe that uh, the good Doctor John. Uh, it was really, it was really cool to see John Morosi um, getting a big opportunity to read Donald Trump's uh, health report on TV like that. That was that was huge for the Morosi brand. Did you know that he went to Harvard? I did know that he went to Harvard. Actually, yes, that's true. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Estrada. He obviously has had a dip in form in the second half. Uh, you look at the stuff report that they do at BP Toronto. Dr. Mike Son does that. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's been a thing you could, you could see demonstrably that his stuff hasn't been the same, but it, it, I think Brendan Kennedy wrote a thing about this in the star this week. 
uh, about how there have been warning signs about that. Uh, but in the last stuff report, which I've you know pointed to a couple of times, there looked like there was a bit of an uptick for Estrada. He certainly looked good mm-hmm. for a couple innings <laughs> in his last start before it all completely fell apart. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's been dealing with the back thing for a long time. This was like coming out of, like, didn't he start the year on the DL coming out of spring training because he had a back issue? I mean, he's been, he pitched very well with it at times. Uh, so I don't, I I don't know how much to be worried about this thing that's, you know, been around the whole time. I would be persistently aware of it. It is something that's always going to be there. And I mean... You know, you hear he says things after the post game like "I felt good in the bullpen" or "I felt like shit in the bullpen" and like couldn't, couldn't had no command of my changeup and just like with uh, the hitters, how you know one small piece of the of the mechanism starts to fail and then it all goes apart and it's no different for a pitcher, especially well, just especially a pitcher. It's such a violent physical motion that. Mm-hmm. If there's a part of your body that's betraying you in any way, it's just going to completely trickle. Or it's going to you know, go through the entire rest of your body, and then God only knows what's going to happen. I mean, Estrada, at the, at the best of times, is a guy who's going to struggle with the, keeping the ball in the bar, ballpark at times, just like Marcus Stroman. Oh, does right? Marcus I mean, Stroman struggle like, with that? I hadn't noticed. Uh, he does. He has. He That was the knock on him. That was the concern when he came up, and then here we are. Lo and behold, it's something that he is struggling with a little bit. Uh, but for Estrada, I mean, uh, to to an extent, you'd see him when he would pitch well, but there'd be a couple solo homers here and there. But just like you saw with Estrada, or with Stroman against the Rays, where he gets two guys on, and then there's that home run, Bugaboo comes and bites him, and it's on an 0-2 pitch to Alexei Ramirez. Yeah. I haven't I mean, looked at the splits in a while, but I know that, I, I mean, his uh, at one point in the season, his numbers with runners on base were... Fucking disgusting, as I recall. Uh, not in Stroman's were not in the good way. Yeah. I'll, I'll, well, it's weird I because take another look because uh, it does feel like that's been a bit of a thing that's plagued him a bit this year. Well, it's interesting if that's the case because he's a guy that has such a minimal uh, uh, mechanic. Like he he copied David Price and really cut his his full windup down to almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Where he's just basically standing flat-footed on the on the on the rubber and, and turns his foot and and is essentially right into it. It's not some big demonstrative thing where there's that much more uh, power or drive generated. I, that, again, that's my amateur view of it. Uh, I think if you look at that pitch to Ramirez, it was just like that was the really, was a, really, really <laughs> bad really pitch. Bad pitch, yeah. It was, a- it was a bad pitch. I mean, it it was it was bad enough, and Ramirez put a good swing on it, obviously, but. To me, that's I kind of I don't know if negative is the word, but the the thing that I'm sure you saw the kind of the negativity and the people who are really down. But then the, there's two kinds of that negativity. I think there's the people start talking about unacceptable or people complain about effort level. And these are not like Twitter. I don't know. Straw men is the word, but it's pretty close. Sort of yeah, see that kind of stuff around, but. To me, when I see that, and I'm just like, you know what, I don't think that it needs, it's not a big ask to not get beat by Alex Ramirez, who was a free agent three days before, (laughs) because the Pirates, the Padres paid him to go away, to not get beat by him in that situation, I don't think is too much to ask. If if you think the team is is good enough to make the playoffs, you you need to be able to, that's enough, you got to get, 
it it just is you you can't you can't execute so poorly in that situation to that that hitter a hitter of that quality uh that's just yeah i mean you you can't obviously you can't pick when you're going to throw a shitty pitch but it, those are the things that it's just like man that 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 kills you Jesus. it kills you in September. so here it's, it, <laughs> so here is Strowman with the base is empty mm-hmm. Uh, this year, 251, 295, 397. Mm-hmm. Uh, with runners on base, uh, 289, 344, 453. He has been less good. That's not that's less than good. Yeah, also his, also his ERA, uh, the third time through the order, uh, is a cool 739. Uh, third time through the order, 739. Yeah. That's a, a a suboptimal. I would say I would say two two seventy nine the first time and three seventy six the second time through the order. But the third time, uh, things get a little a little weird, a little less than ideal for Stroman there. Okay, I, I so mean, we're looking at splits. Obviously, that's uh, you know mm-hmm. they are they, well, they are not huge samples, but those are trends <laughs> that uh, that one might want to keep the one's eye on, and they're kind of alarming. And and that's the sort of thing where you rely on your on scouts and coaches and people who need to mon like look at that and say, what well, you know with if it's with the the analytics department or with the baseball operations department whoever it is say okay why did this happen did he make did he not uh, are they not changing up the approach enough are they changing up the approach too much and making you know go, getting beat with their third best pitches because they're trying to ambush. A guy with a first pitch, you know, get me over breaking ball, or are the hitters jumping on the fastball that he's throwing in the same spot because he got away with it the first few times up, or is it just that he's getting tired, or yeah, and whatever else, you know, there's a million different things that they could that could look at. So mm-hmm. it's obviously you're like, yeah, it's a micro split, and it's not really a statistically significant sample, but it's also like, is so that's the question is, is there something behind it? Why yeah. does it happen? Why is he getting beat third time through the order? Why is if he giving we, up this huge home run rate this year? Yeah, and, and like, if okay, we, you could if, say, no, go go on. I was just gonna say if we no, had done any preparation say, like, for these, uh, we might have had answers at the ready. But I don't know why that is. I, I don't think uh, I'm not qualified to make those sorts of assessments to say what this is why he gets beat. I mean, I could look, but I don't think I'd find anything because I'm too stupid. I mean, that's so that's a, some tall forehead or some person who's able to notice you know mechanical differences as slight as they may be as he gets over 60 or 70 or 80 pitches whatever it might whatever the case may be and i I think that's one thing we've maybe seen from him is that he's been kind of battling and maybe on this maybe this is in my mind but it feels like he's he's struggling to get through even like the sixth inning and he's still getting that pitch count up there um Mm -hmm. even when he's the, the the nights where he's been pretty good where okay i'll get a few swinging strikes first through few times through the order but then it's you know, the, the ground balls still come. The ground balls come in in, uh, in bunches, but so do the home runs. Because he, like the rest of the team, is terrible. <laughs> at the moment, well, maybe not at this exact moment, actually, but uh, for the last couple of weeks, yeah, it's been a little grim. I don't know if you've noticed. Hey, what's going on? It is the most important time of the year it is september baseball it is meaningful baseball in september which means you gotta get to the park 
And given how popular the team has become at home on the road, tickets are hard to come by. The only way you're going to get seats right now is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is always the first place you want to go when you look for tickets. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save all the time and the money. It's just that much that simple. You want to go, you go to Baltimore. There's nobody there. You want to get a seat, you get it through SeatGeek. You want to go to Boston, you want to watch the, uh, the Blue Jays in the last week of the season, you go to SeatGeek. You get it there. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on its value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. And best of all, listen to birds all day, you get a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on your tickets, you download the SeatGeek app, you go to the settings tab and, and click add a promo code, Enter the promo code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, like birds all day. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code and you're in. It's been the, it's been the worst combination of all the things that are going to derail any team. I mean, we don't have to think back to you know you and I sitting in your uh, old apartment talking about the, how the starting pitching was carrying the team, and you kind of expect it to be the offense is going to carry the team, and although the offense will come around, and then the offense did come around, and the pitching was still good, uh, or another time in the, early in the year it was the you know the bullpen was terrible. Well, now almost all of those things have been terrible at one time or another, but all together, and that's how you win what like four games out of ten in a month where. You're just in the thick of this insane playoff race. Yeah. Because all the shitty things are happening at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's weird. Thinking about the offense carrying the team, though, I mean, that I think, I mean, the starting pitching hasn't been great lately. Let's, let's be honest. But, uh, mm-hmm. what's really frustrating to people, I think, is the, the lack of hitting and the lack of timely hits and all that stuff that we've been watching for so long. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote about, you know, looking at last year's team and it really, uh, you know, you just don't have guys having those crazy career years. You know, Ben Revere came in and was great. Pilar had his his best year. I doubt he'll hit, ever fucking hit that well again. Going certainly will probably mm-hmm. not hit that well again. Uh, he got a lot of at-bats last year. Navarro was the backup catcher, not totally. They had uh, Danny Valencia for a while hitting the cover off the ball. And, of course, Chris Colabello, who I, I mentioned in the piece that I wrote about it this week. There were... Uh, there were 15 guys with at least 350 plate appearances and a weighted runs created plus above 140 last year. Uh, four of them were Blue Jays, and Colabello was one of them. I think he just scraped by that. That's why I picked the, uh, the that cutoff point, because I think he had yeah. like 360 plate appearances. But that's fucking crazy. Uh, and, you know, they that lost, Colabe- like they lost money, Colabello. Right? Enti- yeah, they lost him entirely. And, you know, Batista just hasn't been the same uh, this season, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh and then you take Donaldson away, and you start thinking, holy shit, we've really taken a huge chunk of what powered last year's offense uh, out of the equation at the moment. Uh, you know, Batista, you would think, will get uh, will get a little more on track, but mm-hmm. it's neat, like you were saying about, uh, like we've been talking about all episodes so far, you know, it's the, the knee issue, the, the turf toe, 
those aren't necessarily things that just go away. Uh, and those are things that can certainly affect a guy's power. Uh, and I don't know that Batista, that Jose has the, uh, the right now, the power in his bat that we've seen before. You know, he still obviously has the eye, but he hasn't been driving the ball quite the same. I think some exit velocity may make me, uh, you know, if you look at that, I think there have been balls he's hit hard. But uh, for whatever reason, yeah, it hasn't come together. And uh, and so that it just it just makes it a very different offense when you don't have guys with crazy career years uh, and you have Don, uh, Josh Donaldson hurt. I think that's a great point. The one I don't know that I've thought about recently was, yeah, not only are you taking out, are you taking out um, uh, Bautista's offense in that he's not who he was last year, uh, but losing that offense that you got from Colabella, which I think a lot of no, maybe few level-headed folks would have expected him to repeat mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, nice pickup as it was and how well he played, but at the same time, it's like okay, you know temporary expectations and of course everything else that went on uh, really obviously forgettable the worst professional year probably of Chris Bellavilla's life Mm -hmm. but you think back to earlier in the season or the first half of the season where again where the offense was kind of struggling and faltering but there were you know especially at the beginning when Tulowitzki and Martin were so bad is you had Michael Saunders who was hitting you know like an all-star in the fact that he was an all-star you had guys you know Fangraphs writing Think pieces being like this is this, this many, uh, this is this many uh, plate appearances into the season. Some of this is going to be real. He's hitting like one of the best hitters in baseball, and then now he's at the end of the year. He's still going to have nice numbers, but they're going to be nice Michael Saunders numbers. They're yeah. not going to be, you know, all star top, you know, top outfielder. It's they're going to be nice. He's probably going to what's he at? I, I I should look this up again, but you know, it's going to be nice numbers by the end of the year. But but again, not. Nothing that's going to. They're they're going to be numbers where you're like, do we do we really if they if a qualifying offer still exists uh, going forward, <laughs> you're going to say to yourself, do we offer him this? Are we okay with him taking it and making seventeen million dollars next year? Uh, you know, when you're an all star at mid season, I think everybody thought, and people thought that you know uh, you'd certainly qualify him, and and I think I'm sure we've talked about it the the idea of him. Uh, you know, getting a payday. This is this was his real big chance at a at a big payday, and and we probably figured the Jays wouldn't match what some team was going to be crazy enough to do, and he was just going to go make as much money as he possibly can. And now we're in a situation where, if they qualify him, which <laughs> is hard to is hard to envision, I, I think a little bit. Uh, you know why why because why wouldn't he take that? I mean, seventeen million dollars or whatever it's going to be if it continues to be a thing going forward. Uh, that's a lot of payroll for a guy who might be bad. Well, he's he's basically having the same season this year that Coley Rasmus had last year. Mm-hmm. But he's and there's uh, a guy who took Coley the Rasmus, qualifying offer, yeah. who took the qualifying offer and then responded by having like a good three weeks and then going <laughs> over the summer essentially. Yeah. Uh, who's going to be not playing in Houston next year, but. But he's that. He's that without the defensive value. Colby Rasmus actually this year ranks as one of the best outfielders in baseball in terms of you know defensive metrics and stat cast and all that stuff because he's not playing center anymore. Mm-hmm. So he now is like a former center fielder who's able to play in left and right and really stand out for doing so. Where Saunders is a guy coming off of like a life-altering knee surgery where he's never going to be the same for the rest of his life. It's ugly out there, yeah. 
and you feel for him, and you hope that he's going to get he's going to get a, a lot of money, right? Even if it's only qualifying offer money. But uh, I'm, you know, it's it's so tough because I think I was talking to somebody at basketball, my, my basketball run on Tuesday nights about it. And it was like I at the time I said I'll be happy to let. You know, Thanks a lot for everything, Michael Saunders. You're a good Canadian, and uh, you know, we wish you the best of luck when you are. A Diamondback or whatever next year. Yeah, Diamondbacks are going to be really active. It sounds like Bautista is going to be a Diamondback. <laughs> I think it changed. I think, Bauti- I think I think Bautista is going to go to uh, the Orioles. Actually, can you even imagine? I would love that. It's a beautiful heel. What does track. that mean? For, what does that mean for Trumbo though? Where's Trumbo going to go? Well, he's a free agent, right? Yeah. I don't see. I don't see Baltimore. Well, maybe he comes here. I would be into that. God only knows. Wow. Uh, why, why have why have one Chris Davis when you can have three? I think that's <laughs> I think that's the Orioles' team building philosophy moving forward. But yeah, so Saunders is like he's not great right now. He's been terrible in September, but and at the end of the year, he's going to look like another. He had another nice Michael Saunders season. He's going to have the same version of the season that he had in 2014, his final one in Seattle, uh, except in with way more playing time. Yeah, he was actually pretty healthy this year. So that's yeah. you know that's good for Michael Saunders. He, but yeah, I mean he's a guy who yeah. Thanks for everything, Michael Saunders. Uh, see you later. I think is 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 where we're at, right? I mean, how many guys in their thirties does this team really need going forward? <laughs> and guys in their thirties with, with pieces of Michael their knees Saunders. lying on an operating floor, so operating it, it, floor. Uh, I don't know if Saunders uh, is even in his thirties yet, but you know what I mean. He's twenty nine. I have his page open now. Well, there you go. He's this is he, he turns thirty in November. Okay, so, so yeah. he'll be thirty. He's a thirty-year-old outfielder with a bad knee and uh, a spotty health record. Otherwise, and and just looks some decent seasons. He looks ugly in the field. I do not. I do not feel, feel comfortable I, when lazy fly balls are hit to him. Even it's like, all right, you got this, big guy. Come on, you can get it. I feel I empathize and sympathize with him when I see him out there. I'm like that probably doesn't feel good, and and he took a significant risk for his own, you know, personal well being and later in life when he went for that surgery last year. And again, hopefully he is rewarded handsomely for it with a nice contract. I just don't think it's going to be with the team for which he currently plays. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But then it's then you start thinking about what the who's going to be playing the outfield next year for the 2017 Toronto Blue Jays. Ryan I hear Braun. Kobe Rasmus is going to be looking for a job. <laughs> yes, <laughs> can't get. It. I'm all the way into that. He's uh, not good right now, Kobe Rasmus. No, he is not. He Somebody asked had, me about he is about like uh, Polar level bad right now. Jesus. Somebody asked me about Cole Calhoun this week. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what do they sure. ask you? Why? Why wouldn't the Jays go after a guy like that? Goddamn right they should. He's amazing. I love Cole Calhoun. He is such a stud. I, I have like OG, like ground floor Cole Calhoun believer since day one. If I, he's if, great. If I had any idea what you know the Angels were doing, I would, I would have a stronger take on what the Jays should do about Cole Calhoun. But I have, you know. I don't. I don't see why they're just giving him away. He's, he's uh, just throw a dart. You got to throw a dart and just like figure out what the Angels are doing today. Yeah. Uh, it's are they rebuilding? Are they not? 
they had a bunch of guys they probably could have traded. They could have traded Calhoun at the at the trade deadline. You could, you, but th- the thing with Calhoun, I think he's in his second, first year of arbitration, and he might be a super two. So I think he's got at least two more years of control left. So he's not going to come cheap. Yeah, he. I think he's going to be. Two, yeah, it's not going to be um, some throwaway piece. Like it's going to cost you something, and the Jays are not in a position to start throwing those away. Other than the fact that they are not looking to kill the golden goose that is the revenue train. And so they need to build a competitive team again that's going to be missing, what, six free potential free agents yeah, right now? Yeah, many of whom are garbage. As I noted uh, this week, <laughs> uh, Bautista and, and Saunders have combined for uh, 2.3 uh, war by baseball reference and I think 2.9 by fan graphs. Not really having to replace a whole ton of production there. Uh, even though, obviously, uh, those guys can do better. And Jose is you know, worth more than what his numbers have been this year. Somebody also, I think, I, I don't know if this was from based on a media report. Uh, somebody mentioned uh, Ender Inciarte. Mm. Lefty down there. He's the Braves. There's a, there's a guy. He's, he's having a good year, yeah. and he's uh, he's a pretty good player. It was, uh, he had a good year, a couple good years with the in the Diamondbacks. Um, you know the the grand experiment that is the Arizona Diamondback clusterfuck to end all times. Yeah, if, uh, I mean, if the Bra- yeah, Jesus, they're hilarious. Aren't, aren't we? Aren't we so sad that Dave Stewart got passed over for being the Jays GM there when they went with Richardi? Uh, or or that that. Tony La Russa didn't uh, come and, and take over Helm the Good Ship Blue Jay. <laughs> How much better would they be? What a fuck. God damn it, Tony La Russa. Shut your mouth. I, anyway. I love it. I'm very okay with Tony La Russa doing dumb things. Overrated like trash. Overrated trash. Garbage mouth. That's for Brian Lidgeron right the there. Trash. Fucking garbage. Tony La Russa. <laughs> Overrated. But anyway, what about the team right now? What else do I have to say? Well, the other thing, I guess, is just, just the... We are finding fault and looking for reasons why the Jays are have been so bad and are in such a. Uh, They've brought themselves not only into the race; they're now chasing the Red Sox and the Orioles, trying to hold off the Yankees and the Twin, the and the Mariners and the, the damn Tigers. Mariners are going to go play, yeah. An insane, yeah, it was, it was race now. <laughs> like two weeks ago, it was like, okay, you got a bunch of games and then big ones against Boston there down the stretch, and it's like, no, no, the Mariners and the Yankees; those series are. Uh, are kind of important too now. It turns out, for fuck's sakes, I don't. The Yankees are as confounding a team as I can yeah. remember. They, but God, they're bad. But they're not at the same time. You look at what they've kind of where they are now, and you see a team that has like seven or eight kind of league average hitters in a row. And that, that's kind mm-hmm. of all they are, right? Like, I mean, Gary Sanchez is obviously playing better than that. But, I mean, it's like Ellsbury, Gardner, Gregorius, Castro, Headley, Sanchez. It's just like one average player after another. But that's kind of not bad, right? They don't – I mean, other than – what's his name? Aaron Judge. They don't have somebody right. – anybody that strikes out. And Tyler Austin, I guess. They don't have, like, huge strikeout guys. It's just kind of like – They'll just dink a few runs together, but then they suddenly got this like ridiculous pitching staff again. Especially in, in September when the insane maniac Girardi can just keep <laughs> yeah. going and finding more relievers to bring out. Uh, he they need to take that shit away from him. It makes me that want would to be die. very nice. Yeah, it is terrible. 
But yeah, uh, the confounding Yankees. Hey, I hope they just I hope they believe in themselves and don't do anything in the offseason. Just stick with what you got. Obviously you've got a winning formula here, Yankees. I don't think you want them to do that. Because then they won't be pinned under insane contracts when they when the time comes for them to like be the like proto Yankees and sign Jose Fernandez and Bryce Harper in the same winter. So I want them to go and spend money this year. I want them to do something stupid and pay. I don't know. There's nobody out there, but they'll oh, find Jose someone to throw Bautista, money at. Yeah. So that they cannot then. Yeah, well, future Yankee Jose Bautista, of course, that much we know. He loves but, those uh, pins. And, well, and, and the Mariners. The, like the Mariners who are coming up after this Angels series, which you don't want to overlook the Angels, but also the Angels are trash. So look well beyond the Angels and just hope like heck they come out of this with two or three wins. But the Mariners are kind of an annoying team. They score tons of runs, inexplicably. Mm-hmm. It's a second they have wild good card players. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, it's a second wild card bullshit, but it's also just... I mean, it's funny because up, up until about this past series with the Rays, my thought process, personally, has been very much like division only. Like, that's all I care about. I care about catching the, catching the Red Sox. Because the Blue Jays are, they have that cushion, and the Red Sox are good, and, and just that seemed to be the, the 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 way that I kind of thought about this month. And now, because of a the Jays coming back and everybody else kind of surging forward, well, that's a luxury I don't have anymore. Is to fixate on the division, despite the fact that it's right there for the taking in a, in a way. But I'm just I don't want to think about wild card. I don't want to think about the Tigers or the Mariners as teams that matter. The only team that matters is the Red Sox. That's it. That's how I wish I could think. And staying ahead of the Orioles because they're right there in that same divisional race, it's not going to work like that. Sadly, no. But you're, I'm right there with you, Jesus Christ. Thinking about this stupid wild card and all these scenarios and all the fucking teams around them is uh, is the worst. It's the worst, but I think the silver lining is that this series against the Mariners in Seattle with Burroughs and every half-snapped lunatic from the lower mainland is going to be insane. It's going to be insane. This series is going to be amazing to watch. Because every game at Safeco is already awesome to watch because they just fill it, right? The the Blue Jays fans from from British Columbia and from Alberta, wherever else, they flock to Seattle and make it a great atmosphere. Mariners fans hate it, which makes it that much better because they're an irritable bunch as I understand it. But uh, you would be, be irritable awesome. too if you if you got rained on every goddamn day. No, I've oh, come look, full circle could... on that. But other than oh, my, yeah? other than my other than, other than my my kind of thing against rain, I the idea of living in that sort of cool, misty, not hot and humid, wear a hoodie every day for the rest of my life. Oh, I'm so so far behind that right now. I need that. That's that's how where I, where I need to be. I need to be wet and miserable. I'm in. In for that. You you enjoy Just, that then? I will. Uh, I will enjoy that. Yeah. I will enjoy that over humidity, which is uh, the devil's work, frankly. Um, but yeah, no, this series. I I am looking forward to this Mariners series. Um, I think there's a there's a Kings Court. There's a Felix start in there somewhere, which is fun. Obviously, Felix is fun to watch. He's not the guy that he was before, so it's not like a pee your pants kind of thing. It's more like a maybe. You're good either way. Either he's going to be bad and the Jays are going to rock him, or you get to watch you know, a potential Hall of Famer do his thing with his insane changeup yeah. that he still throws every pitch. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I'm excited. I'm excited for that series, and then the Red Sox one at the end of the yeah. year, and that's it. Nothing in between. <laughs> Just consider it excited. a playoff series. This is playoff baseball we get to watch. It, it is. It, legit, it legitimately is. This is going to have very much a playoff atmosphere, uh, except the fact that the Mariners will be a visiting the visiting team in their own ballpark. <laughs> so it's it's like a it's an odd off brand playoff because none of those people who live in BC are going to be able to come to actual playoff games because we play them here in the civilized world. So they can't visit us for that. They're not allowed. So they have to make their own. It's gonna be like an ad hoc playoff game, which is great. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's get, let's let's beat the shit out of these fucking angels and uh, and get to it. Uh, well, I, I, I beating the angels is like a. Again, so we, we a month when they played them here, when the Angels were here and the Jays were kind of in first place, it was easy to be kind of disaffected about it. Like, oh, you know, you never know. As we talked on this, mm. this podcast in the previous show, like, you know, they're professionals on the other team too, and anything can happen in the game of baseball. You say that like but it's now not correct, the desperation is starting yeah. to set in. It is correct, but that doesn't mean the desperation hasn't set in. And now I'm like, fuck Jet Bandy, fuck every one of those Angels. The Jays need to sweep this series, or the year is over. Uh, I've just reverted. Like I've gone feral. I'm like a feral version of the. You've uh, turned into John Farrell. If only. No, Imagine I... I was that presidential, <laughs> that iron chin, had every person in Massachusetts hate my guts. Be great. Uh, anything else we want to talk about, Russell Martin? Did you see this thing that Arden wrote? About I did Russell not Martin? see it. I saw that he wrote a thing, but I, I didn't. I didn't read the thing yet. He just talks about how. Um, Russell Martin is the most indispensable player on the team. The one they cannot live without. Kevin Pillar being like, what would happen? You know, I don't even want to think about it. That's the quote that's early in the piece. Um, well, he's the that, only one who speaks Canadian, so. Well, no, he... Fan relation point of view. Very, very indispensable. If someone well, wrote Kevin Pillar does say Molina... Hmm? Kevin Pillar does say Toronto correctly, so that's... Good for I, him. I should point that Good out, yeah. You saw that in his Coldwell Banker sponsored content video? <laughs> I sure did. SpawnCon. Uh, if someone wrote this about Yadi Molina, we would laugh it off the page. But maybe now, seeing it... Maybe I'm not ready. Uh, maybe I'm not so quick to laugh it off the page. Mostly because all catchers are bad. Yeah. And to lose, especially in the season, if you were to lose one you would be so much worse off. I mean, again, that's the kind of value of a Deanna Navarro, who is very bad, frankly. Delightful man. Seems like, Not yeah. a great ball player these days. So, so you know, the pitchers love throwing it to him, and he's such a good framer. Uh, the, the, what, the funny thing about Russell, Russell Martin is that he's kind of like Buster Posey, except that Buster is better in every single conceivable <laughs> way. Yes. But he, that's, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in being not as good as Buster hey, Posey. Buster's not as uh, good at, he uh, is, at being Canadian. So he's not as good at. He's better at being like a. He's better at being American. He is. He is that. Yes. He's Russell Martin's better at growing a beard. Buster Posey is better at. You know, he kind of grows a, a beard, <laughs> sort of sometimes. Uh, there was somebody talking about looking at some of the historical framing data or some of the stuff. It's, Buster Posey's among the best framers of all time, essentially, right now. 
and he, he throws really, really well, and he uh, blocks the ball really. Like anyway, we don't need to talk. He's about very Posey. good. I could yeah. if you want. He's ridiculous. He's the best in the game at his position. Uh, but Russell Martin's up there. He really is. And he's not, you know, in terms of his offense, it's not. Um, I mean, it's it's better than good for a catcher. But I don't know. He's he's a he's a great player. So you could make that case that he's indispensable. And the Blue Jays' starting pitching has been uh, has been very good in the time that he's been here. Yeah. So what do you want? I like I, the I'm, idea that he's I'm not that he's indispensable. I I don't know. That. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily buy it that much, and uh, but, mm-hmm. but no, it's a great, it's a great idea. <laughs> it, uh, I've, I said every time it, it comes up on the radio. I think I've said this like three times on the radio, uh, mostly because I'm hungover and have a tough time recalling anything uh, other than things <laughs> I've already said. Uh, whenever those things happen, but you know, it's. How much of it is? How much of a coincidence is it that he's always in the damn playoffs? I mean, it is. It is an amount, of, of some amount, a coincidence for sure. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I like that idea. It's some too. amount, but it, I, I do. I also like the idea that that when you have a good catcher, you're so far ahead of the game. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, you look. You look at. The the Royals, right, who made the World Series two years in a row, and they won one of them. And that means Sal Perez is far from the perfect player. Uh, he's definitely limited in some ways as an as an offensive contributor, but he's he's a great player. He's a he's a good catcher. He's really not a great offensive player at all. <laughs> no. But but yeah, like it, uh, you know, you look at Buster, and he's got three rings and an MVP and a Rookie of the Year and all that other stuff. Like it it just gives you a decent head head start on the opposition and uh, it's interesting to see how the way that that position has almost in some ways it's evolved because you think back to when the the Rays were happy to trot out Jose Molina for years right they kept resigning him because they loved the way that he framed and they were ahead of the game in that but mm-hmm. framing is obviously a skill that can be learned and can be taught and can be improved where now I think you've seen um, more players become better at it more guys who specialize in it, but also you can't just be good at one aspect of the game, no matter how big its impact is, uh, and and still be able to to compete and be competitive. Otherwise, you know, the, I mean, the Red Sox would be happy to play Ryan Hannigan every day, but they've got they they don't right. They they gave enough playing time for Sandy Leone to run his way into a career year, and now they're happy to play him, uh, you know, even more often than they do. They they do Hannigan who who was a guy who was really well regarded as as a framer, but I, I think that you know this Arden's thing is I've had this asked this question before too was like who's the most indispensable on the radio like if the Jays lost who would you hate to see them lose my answer was Josh Donaldson because he's so so much better than the guy that get out right fucking right <laughs> big Russ oh, as we're talking I'm, about I'm, it. My my feed is well behind. <laughs> As he just he just took this two one pitch low for ball three. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about Russell Martin. He just hit a home you, run. So. I'm, I'm assuming he just did a home run. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I think you can definitely make the case that the I think the he just golf did. between him and his replacement player is uh, is so great, and his impact on all aspects and facets of the game is significant that that it's not crazy. It's not crazy. 
Even if he's what like a three or four win guy compared to Donaldson, who's like an eight win guy. Donaldson, who also at the moment it it just hurts to watch him moving around, <laughs> getting high fives from everybody in the dugout after that, and uh, I don't know. I guess he's all right, but the 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 hip pain is still a concern. I think, but. Anyway, yeah. He is not moving. He's not in any rush to get to the dugout <laughs> nope. in the replay. Uh, anyway, I think that's about it. We've gone, we've gone on long enough um, without even really saying anything. No. So frankly. Didn't talk about Big Ben. Do you have a party ben. shot? You want to do that? Nah, I don't Who? Oh, yeah, Ben Charrington. We'll, we'll save that eh. for the winter. We'll, uh, Whatever. It, it's, yeah. an it's, a, it's a good piece of business. It's interesting at the very least. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know. They've, they, they paid some lip service to what he's going to be doing, but... I'm all for more smart people making good decisions. Yeah. Just keep them away from the big free agent signings and you'll be fine. Uh, I look at that team. I, I And I said this, I made a joke with actually look at, with the lookout landing of the guys, the Seattle Mariners blog on, on Twitter today, which is like, I look at the Red Sox and I'm, I am shocked that they're not better, to be frank. So that's why I'm like, this is the year. Yeah. <laughs> they got to get in there. The, yeah. the Blue Jays got to got to get them when they're somehow prone oh he said that at the start not, of the year too right i mean away. that's they're the team that scared, we've been saying it all year long us, scared us the most for sure yeah they're horrifying they were a horrifying team and if it comes down to like that last well they i don't even want to think about it they they terrify <laughs> me they are stupidly good it's, they it's, do it they have david price oh set God, up for uh for game 162 i believe should that be necessary? Yeah, it's it's not like he's you know figured out whatever was was hindering him in the first couple months of the season and become you know that guy who's really 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 good again. Yeah, Got a little bit of that. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, you, you said you had a party shot. You got. You got I don't really have a party shot. Takes. I don't know. Montreal's nice. Should come hang out here sometime. Everybody, uh, I'll especially recommend. September when the weather is uh, not garbage. Duly noted. Duly noted. Montreal's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaking. Breaking, breaking news. news. Yeah, Big, I know. Hot, hot fire takes. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's good. That's it for this edition of Birds All Day. Uh, we'll talk to you again. I, I believe it's your turn on Sunday, sure correct? Sure is. So unless something weird happens, Stoughton will... Get at you Sunday after the end of this Angels series, which uh, hopefully will go swimmingly. And we'll be talking about the Blue Jays having stormed back to first place or within spitting distance of first place. Uh, that's it. For Mr. Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you soon on Birds All Day. <laughs>